0: Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and all your favorite podcast players. Join the Pharmacy Podcast Nation today.
1: Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation, and especially our community pharmacy owners. Do you ever feel like you're getting pushed to do more with less? There's a product out there I'd like you to take a look at. Doing more for your pharmacy and more for your patients is important. Talking about the pen needle UltiGuard Safe Pack. For the same copay for your patients as pen needles alone, the UltiGuard Safe Pack provides 100 premium pen needles and a sharps container all in one. When pharmacies dispense the pen needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, they see consistently higher revenue and higher margins. Check this product out today and let us know what you think. Go to wwwaltiguardsafepack slash podcast. That's SafePack forward slash podcast. You can get a free sample pack on the website. Thanks for all you do as frontline healthcare providers. And thank you for listening to the pharmacy podcast.
2: Don't use your audience for therapy.
0: Welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast. I'm Ann Arvizu, and I'm inviting you to hop on the fast track from corporate to freedom. Freedom. Executive freedom. experience combined with the mindset of successful entrepreneurship will leave you unstoppable. unstoppable. This content will help you become centered, open, resilient, and energized, energized, so you can build your business, balance your life, and leave your legacy. Ready to unleash your core power? Let's go. Welcome back to the Corepreneur Podcast. This is Ann Arvezi, your host, and I am excited to bring someone on that I really admire today. Her name is Carrie Wilkerson. She is a best-selling author, international speaker, and a sought-after television and radio personality. She's been featured on CNN and Fox Business News, in Success and Entrepreneur Magazines, and named by Forbes as a top small business influencer. Carrie has consulted with Google and other business thought leaders on growth strategies, productivity, and current trends. And she's just a nice person. She works from home. She has kids. She's a mom. She's a wife. And I'm privileged to call her my friend. So, join Carrie and I in progress as we discuss leadership. We talk about what leadership is, what it's not, women in leadership roles, who are born leaders, and we'll talk about how Carrie walks out and demonstrates the core principles staying centered, open, resilient, and energized. And now, here's Carrie and I live from Nashville. Hi, Carrie. I hope you like your orange microphone. I love my orange microphone. It makes me feel so at home. Does it? We happen to be in this beautiful Belmont suite in Mm -hmm. Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So it was great that our meetings coincided and we were able to do this podcast recording in person. In person. So fun. Thank you, Carrie, for being here. So today, Carrie and I are going to be talking about women in leadership. So I check in yesterday to the suite and I have this wonderful magazine, Nashville. And look, it says women in business, right? So the topic Of today is really talking about leadership, and and Carrie's an expert on that. I love bringing her in for that. She's a friend, she's been a mentor. I hope that I mentored her on something today, too. We have our uh, secrets, we do have our secrets now. (laughs) This is good, and I love coming together with people that are just willing to share. She is an amazing example of leadership, actually. And you've heard the intro you know, she's got a ministry family, you got a military family, you're a special needs mother. Wow. You have a lot on your plate and yet here we are in Nashville. You travel for what you do and you're doing it to the highest level of being an amazing speaker,
2: writer, author, etc. So talk to us about that. First of all, I think that we all have some level of leadership. Whether we choose to pick it up or not is a different thing. As parents, step-parents, teachers, we should be leading. And so that was first and foremost, my calling was to lead within my home. And as a result of that, I wanted to leave the workplace. And so I created an income at home. My intention was not to create anything great except great little humans, but I needed a paycheck. And so my entrepreneurialism was born out of necessity, not any big grandiose things. And I think that's one thing that we trip up on Yeah, is we stop ourselves because we don't have the million dollar idea or the Zuckerberg level. Ambition or the whatever, when really leadership is just doing what you need to do for self and family first, and then for community and village second, and then for world at large later. And mine did evolve. I started. At home. And now we're in Nashville, and now I have a, an international audience, and nobody is more surprised by that yeah. than I am. I did come from a ministry family. My dad was in the ministry after he retired from military, very proud Coast Guard family, very Southern patriarchal. And so it's been a huge mindset shift. For my husband, for my parents, for my in-laws and everyone. But we did it one step at a time. We didn't have to do the big leaps. We did one step at a time. And so I would encourage anybody watching or listening, don't think you have to have the big grandiose thing. Don't say, oh, I want to be on international stages. Think, what can I do with the stage that I have right now? Right.
0: Wherever that is. If it's in front of two two two-year-olds, right? Right or to 20 year olds. Exactly. Leading from the inside out. Leading right? from the inside out. Absolutely. Right? That, that's a title of one of your talks, that isn't is, it? That is.
2: It is. It's a core belief that I have. We I get really frustrated when I see other people say, "Oh, I want to be an influencer. Oh, I want to lead in really big ways." And yet, they're not leading themselves yet. Right. They want to lead other people, make other people better. You know what? We got to start here. We got to start with our own self first exactly lead authentically and with integrity and that's how I started speaking yep. incidentally as people said what are you guys doing why are you at home during the day why are you how do you have the freedom that you guys have come talk to us about that they saw us leading from the inside out i didn't say hey let me go tell people what we're doing they said come show us what you're doing come tell us and then it led to other speaking other stages right. people really are drawn to intrinsic leaders. There are people that have natural leadership abilities.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think of born leaders? There are some...
2: Yeah, we would say in the stereotypes, born bossy, right? I've been leading since I was young. And maybe it's because I was the only girl in my family. Maybe it's because of my birth order. But even in the kindergarten classroom, my parents would say, we came home with a note that you were leading reading groups. You know, that they had appointed you as a leader of reading tables. So I've been leading early, but I wouldn't necessarily say I was a good leader. I had some attributes, but I remember being the drum major in high school as a junior, not having a great band director who was any kind of a role model with leadership. He was leadership in position only, not in characteristics. And so as a result, that had not been modeled for me. So I look back at that year and I think I wasn't a good leader. I had a leadership position but I had a lot of learning to do that position is not leadership. Right. Absolutely. Positional leadership is
0: actually the lowest level of leadership. Absolutely. I had someone on my team that stepped up into management and once he had other people under him, it was like, whoa, the ego goes. People get funny about titles and that's not leadership. Leadership is I have this amazing idea and I'm bringing it out to the world. I think nowadays when you're a true leader, you get a glimpse of something visionary that's coming from somewhere else. It's coming from someplace higher. Mm -hmm. And that is a message that we need to bring out to the world. So you bring your message out to stages and I'm sure you're weaving something in, which is what makes you in my book, a corponor you're leading from the highest level of leadership in your life, you're a person of an integrity, you're a mom, but it's beyond all that. What do you weave into your talks that allows you to bring out something that's a message that you're pulling down?
2: Yeah, I think that a lot of leaders and I love a lot of what you just said I, I also would say leadership can be even if it's not a new idea the right ideas. I watch my kids lead. Yes. When they're in groups, peer pressure can be such a tricky thing. And I watch them lead not with new ideas, but with right thinking with guys, we need to not do this thing. Let's do this. And I watch them lead and have influence in loud ways and quiet ways. I have one that's a loud leader and one that's a quiet leader, (laughs) uh, one that loves to lead from behind the curtain and one that loves to be on the front of the stage. So all of that to say something that I think as a leader, we have to weave into what we do. Exactly. It's personal experience. Yes personal knowledge, personal experience. When I meet somebody young that says, Oh, I want to be a motivational speaker or I want to lead the masses. My first question is about what from what experience, right? What's your story, right? How are you backing that up? We can't walk out of the college doors and then say, Oh, because I have this degree and I do have a degree in leadership, yeah. a master's degree in leadership, but that isn't what makes me that's qualified. The exactly. There are a lot of people that did coursework with me that I wouldn't follow anywhere. Right. You said that out loud, true. but it's true. It's true. And, and leadership is the ability to get someone to follow you to a common goal, right? Whether that's a haircut, product or tool or or where you're going to pick up coffee. (laughs) That's a flashback to what we talked about before camera. Or whether it's where we're going to eat or choices we're not going to make or things we're not going to say or language we're not going to use. So all those things are leadership, even though they're not new ideas. But what I weave is my own hot mess of a story. That's what qualifies me is decisions I was making or passively not making. Mm Then decisions I did make, which led to a different result. And now I can lead authentically and with integrity from yes. those places. Yes. You have to
0: move your own needle first before you move. There you the go. Needle. Hey, move little, the needle. Hey, little, you go. Fast Move fast forward. Into that. We have a book coming out, we don't do. we? We
2: do. Move the needle has been in the works a long time. Move the needle is my little handbook for changing your life, changing mm-hmm. your body, your business, or your bank account by the small tweaks that lead to big transformation. Yeah. Core in my world is an acronym. It means centered, mm-hmm. open, resilient,
0: and energized and everything that we're talking about is, is part of it. It's just a different come from, because when you have two leaders in a room that have a different vantage point, it's magic, right? We get together. I feel like there's goosebumps everywhere, right? right? It's magic. It's not competition. It's magic. It's not competition. It's it's pulling our hands together Yeah, absolutely. and saying together, we can go faster. We can go farther. Mm -hmm. We can go longer. And I want to point to your greatness Mm -hmm. and vice versa. You were saying that earlier to me, right? It just makes so much more sense. And that's not true. So many people out there are like, let me not point out these amazing leaders. Let me not tweet my friends or give them some kudos because I want all that for me. And that is, Again, that's back to positional leadership. That's Gollum from you know my precious, right? I'm gonna my <laughs> ring. It's it's so it's that's, so icky. It's so in the
2: dark. It's not good. Mary Kay Ash, one of the yes. great entrepreneurs, co-entrepreneurs of our time, yes. who paved the way for so many women in business, said, "My candle is not dimmed mm. from the lighting of someone else's candle." Isn't that perfect? And then she also said, "Envision us as angels with one wing, and the way we fly is by embracing each other." Oh, that's Isn't that a beautiful? So- visual. I love it. We are not in competition. No. And two very possibly different perspectives on leadership, two different family structures, two different backgrounds, two different states, all these kind of things. But to say that her theory or way is right and mine is wrong would be like saying yellow is right and (laughs) orange is wrong (laughs) or orange is right and yellow is wrong. It's a preference. It's a style, but it's based on who we are in our core. Right. And so we have to quit saying, oh, but maybe her way is right. Oh, maybe her way is right. Maybe his way is right. Oh, I need to be more like her and just go here first. True leaders are visionary and we're all going to bring
0: something down that's different. And when I say bring something down, I get a download on something. And with the core centrics message, that's something I'm going to be teaching the rest of my life in one way, shape or form. Right. I love that you have three different aspects of your new book coming out about your business, about your finances. You're an example of a walking leader. I don't know if you know Carrie or have seen Carrie before. I know that Carrie's tribe will have, but a lot of my women are corporate. So so these people maybe have not heard of you. And if you're seeing this cute little Southern belle right now, she with was little wrists. With little wrists. <laughs> At one time she was about 140 pounds heavier. She was mm-hmm. another person. And she's a double of that. You were double. I was double. You were double, double
2: trouble. <laughs> I was absolutely double trouble. That's awesome.
0: That's right. But you decided I'm gonna get rid of the other me because that was like another person than you.
2: <laughs> it was it was like carrying around a competitive cheerleader on my back. But it wasn't a decision to lose 140 pounds. It wasn't a decision to oh my gosh I have to get to my goal weight. It was a decision every day to move the needle, one decision at a time. One decision to switch to water. One decision to quit eating packaged foods. One decision to ditch processed things. One decision to focus on how long I wanted to be here for my kids. One decision of looking at my family's medical history and saying, oh my gosh, a lot of that is preventative. Yes, some of it is genetic, but a lot of it is preventative, wouldn't it be true leadership if I prevented what I could prevent? Now, it's not to say I'm not still going to deal with some stuff as I get older and I am getting older, much to my dismay. But I am actually aging a little bit backwards because I'm making those daily decisions. So when people say, what was the defining moment that caused you to lose weight? Well, there was no one defining moment. It was a series of daily decisions decisions. And, and it's not a series of daily decisions you get to make one time, much like being in business or being married. Can I get an amen? Right. It's like every day you have to wake up and decide how am I going to fuel my body. When I pack for a trip, I have to decide what I put in my suitcase because the hotels and airports are not necessarily going to have what I need, right? So it's a decision every day. How do I want to look? How do I want my clothes to feel? How do I want to appear on stage? How do I want to look to my kids? I have three girls and one boy, What leadership do I need to show them? We need to quit handing over the role modeling to our kids of other people. Like, oh, she's such a good role model for my kids. You know what? I want to be the best role model for my kids. I want my kids to know if you don't like your body, you can change it. If you don't like your job, you can change it. If you don't like your education, your station, your house, If you want to knock out a wall, change it. And I do all of those things, by the way. So I want to role model for them in that way. So I have to role model for myself. And one of those daily leadership decisions is keeping promises to yourself. Integrity. To yourself. Self-integrity. Absolutely. People are missing that. They're
0: missing that. And you know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines, right? So that's a great proverbial saying that really says, what are the little things that we can do to make a big change long-term? Maybe there's certain decisions you have to make to what to do or what not to do, what to eat or what not to eat, what to drink and what not to drink. And in front of who and why, and what is your interior motive And that goes back to like total motive of what are you really called to do inside? What is that thing that you need to teach and and who are you? What do you have to say about that?
2: I think you have to know yourself. Self-awareness is the number one tool for every entrepreneur. And so you have to know yourself and how you react in certain areas and how you feel and how you function best. When I travel... I dress so I'm at the airport yesterday three inch heels nice slacks nice blouse and the guy next to me strike up a conversation and he says are you speaking as soon as you get off the plane now yesterday I was a yes yes I'm speaking as soon as I get off the plane and going straight to the venue I said but I would have worn this anyway he said well why he was in flip-flops and he was in a similar business and I said because I I dress how I want to be perceived I dress how I feel most like a leader I never know when I'm going to run into somebody I always want to be comfortable approaching somebody or being approached. But also my mom always said, dress for the position that you want to be paid for. My grandfather used to tell me you dress first class, even if you're flying coach. You know, I mean, all these tapes on my head, I just feel better when I dress. I feel more folded up in myself. If I'm in leggings and tennis shoes, I did have to fly to Australia a few months ago and I was having some swelling issues in one of my legs. So the doctor told me, I want you to travel in compression, leggings and tennis shoes and compression. Talks blah, blah, blah. Very counterintuitive to how I ever travel. I got to my first layover and I texted my husband and I said, I feel like such a stranger to myself. It was so bizarre. It was so bizarre for me. Still had full face, still had hair and makeup, but I felt so different. So those little things, they do matter. And you have to know yourself. The minute we choose comfort over character, whether it's in dress, attitude, language, whatever, even gossip, mindset then we start to slip in our own personal leadership and then our influence to others as well. Right. I've done that for years. I mean, working in the pharmaceutical industry, I traveled in a dress. If I'm going somewhere in the
0: winter, it's a dress with like full tights with the Mm -hmm. heels. When I'm walking into the hotel, that's my name. I'm checking in under my name. And if you're out there on the internet
2: at all, how do you want to be perceived, right? right? So perception is reality. And self-perception. I don't necessarily worry about what other people are thinking anymore, but how do I feel? and I walk differently. I always say a channel, I channel my inner Olivia Pope when I'm walking through the airport, you know, with the the bag and the heels. And I did find some great, great heels that are so comfortable and still look really great. But I do keep my flats in my bag so that, you know, if I need to, or even going up and down the airplane aisle, I just switch them out,
0: but you, you can pull it off. What women in leadership roles have such a disadvantage in some ways. and We've talked about that before when we were in LA together and I have to get up at 5 a.m. for a nine o'clock meeting, right? I've got to get the hair done. I've got to get the makeup done. Sometimes you have to do it twice. Sometimes you have to have a secret weapon, but that will, that maybe one day, if you're lucky, we'll let it out. I have
2: a lot of girls at home. There's a lot of pressure. You know what? Nails is a thing that if I don't have my nails done, I don't feel like a human. And if they're too long, I can't type. If they're too short, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I'll try to skip the time or skip the whatever. It's not self-care for me. It's maintenance. It's tune-up. And I just can't function without them.
0: You're human too. And it's okay to,
2: it's okay to slack off every once in a while. But plan those days. <laughs> plan those at-home days. My grandmother, when I was a junior, I used to bite my my hands were ugly. They were just ugly. And I would sit next to my grandmother in church and I would just admire her soft hands and her beautiful nails. And I said, oh, Nanny, I wish my hands looked like yours. And she just looked at me. She didn't cut me any slack. She looked at me and she said, Carrie, beautiful hands are a choice. You decide when your hands will be beautiful and then they will be. So 17 years old, cold turkey, stopped chewing them, started painting them, started wearing cute rings, lotion every day. And now my kids are like, oh, mom, you have such pretty hands. So, So it was a choice. Talk about my core values, the centered, open, resilient, energized. What keeps you going? Truly, let's start at the center because you've been talking about a lot of center points. Mm-hmm. What about resilience? Resilience is huge. And I don't know that you can teach resilience or grit. You know, a good Southern word is grit. And so I don't know if you can teach it or just model it. What I do know is when I was in fifth grade, I think, I was in the school library and I had read through all of our required reading and I had read through the whole Laura Ingalls series and the whole, you know, all of them. And I picked up a book by Johnny Erickson Tata, who became a paraplegic in a diving accident in high school. And it was a autobiography and it was the first story like that. I had read fifth grade. So I was about 11 and honestly changed my life. I read that and thought, I want to be tough like her. Oh my God, tear streaming because I'm an empath, tear streaming and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, and now she's writing a book and now she paints with her mouth and now she's speaking to people. And I didn't say, oh, I want to be a speaker and influence people. I didn't say that. I said, I want to have that spirit that when I get knocked down, I can get back up That's right. That's exactly where I was going. That's resilience no matter what. I have a daughter who has an appointment this week, as a matter of fact, to confirm that she may be dealing with lupus. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And so that's a chronic immune system issue. She's been battling immune system issues the last couple of years. She's one of my adopted children. So we don't have medical history. So we didn't see this coming, but what I do know is that my family, I feel a little sad for her because the rest of the family's like, you got this. Like we're all motivational speakers. We're all about grit and resilience. Now, does she have what it takes To battle and fight and whatever, we'll see. We'll see. I don't see the fight coming up yet. Right now, I see the sad and the grief, and I get it. I get it. Grief is real, loss is real, and it's not our place to judge each other's grief and loss either or to compare like, oh, my loss is greater than yours. You could never understand. Like, grief shaming wears me out. Stop that mess. Y'all stop shaming each other. I can't stand it. I'm better than you. I have so many problems and it makes me so, oh, come on. Or I hate to hear about your infertility. You can always adopt. Listen, as somebody who's been through infertility and also adoption, I would never say that to somebody. I would say, I'm so sorry you feel so broken. I can totally understand that. It's not like, oh, at least you haven't lost a child. I've heard women do this to each other. Like, oh yeah, but I lost a child. Or people will say to me about my son with special needs. Well, at least he's mobile. At least he's not in a wheelchair. Really? We're at leasting. We're at leasting each other's
0: grief. That's how they're finding their significance. Find your significance by doing what you are called to do in this world. You have a plan and a purpose for your life. And why don't you just stay in your lane and actually, you know, walk out your path and not feel sorry for yourself. Every single person has a story. Yeah. If you haven't hit your mess yet, it's coming. It's coming. Right. When we bought our house in the Keys, you're either going to have termites or you have termites or you've had termites and there will be a blue tent around your house at At some some point. point. You're
2: going to deal with that.
0: It is what it is. We can't
2: get away from these yucky things of life. And so grit and resilience means, okay, that just happens. I get to choose what's next. That's grit. I get to choose what next. I can go under the covers. I can feel sad for myself. I can create a foundation so that everybody can feel sad for me every day, the rest of my life, or do something good about it every day, the rest of my life. Or I can hitch up my britches, like we'd say in the South, hitch up my britches, put my boots back on and get back out there and fight it. Right. And I don't believe we have to wave a flag about it every, oh, look what I overcame. I don't think we have to do that every single day, but I think core values of grit and resilience means life is tough. Life is hard. We have a choice of if we're going to live it anyway or if we're just going to wait to die.
0: So, you're centered, you're resilient. What about open? What do you need to be open to? What do we all need to be open, open to? Hard.
2: Open is hard, I think, because of people that shame and because of judgment. And because, you know, I've had this conversation as women in our particular age group. We fringe. I love your word fringe. We are super young, hot, hip, all those things. By the way, you know, we're approximately the age Aunt B was in the Andy Griffith show. Really? Wow. We don't look like Aunt B. I'm not trying to be Aunt B. Little timeout. I'm 50. <laughs> women are women are living Amazing. longer and looking better at it.
0: That's <laughs> right. I'm just starting. There
2: we go. We, we're in our second <laughs> halves. So we are in this age group of our parents. We're in the struggle of do we burn all the bras and do we hate men or need men or do we work or not work? Oh, we can have it all. We can work and do this and do that. Or maybe, you know, there are all these extremes, but then we also in part of the evangelical culture or the church or scripture, we have some of these patriarchal ideas of women can lead, but need to lead quietly. But we also have all these great feminist movements happening right now, but yet we don't want to trend to be the angry female or the hateful female we can change more by being a compassionate, caring, action-filled female. So we have all these conflicting roles. We have not had one defined role. You know, our moms kind of had it easier. They had one or two roles. We have all these conflicting roles. And then we have social media and all the camps of shaming anybody. Like you're either in the breastfeeding camp or the bottle feeding camp or the cloth diaper camp or the disposal diaper. And we're going to shame each other if we don't conform to that. It's so hard to be where we are and who we are and i think part of being open is i like orange you like yellow i am an adoptive mom as well as a birth mom and so i have breastfed and bottle fed and my kids are equally brilliant and resilient and I have none of that shaming about people's choices. I posted something the other day and I loved it being open to acceptance. And I don't mean compromising your nope. core values about your faith or about integrity. But I, I saw something the other day. But my faith might be different from somebody else's. Well, exactly. Or the way you honor your faith. Yeah. And the way I
0: do not shame someone else exactly. and the way I do not judge someone else, yeah. and, the judge someone else. Yeah. and the way I can open myself to various opinions, but yeah. also I say, take in the meat and spit out the bones. What's in it for you? Because we we all have multiple filters around our lives right. that we've grown up with, but it doesn't matter to me what your background is, what your faith is. I lead teams inside a major corporation and everybody's different and has something amazing to the bring to the beautiful. table. It's beautiful. And it is beautiful. and it's, it's the way it's meant to be. It's that synergy that happens when you allow judgment to fall and you're open, not necessarily to what everybody else says as an influencer, but you're open to what's coming through
2: you. And what's in your core and you're letting that out and letting that blight out. Yeah. So Mary Kay says your candle is not dimmed by the lighting of someone else's candle. And I love that. I think that's so strong. What I will say is there's a difference between open and authentic, transparent and authentic. So when we're sharing, when we're teaching, I do believe we have to be cautious of overshare and therapy share, meaning don't use your audience for therapy. When you're in the middle of muck, when you're in the middle of sure. marriage mess, when you're in the middle of, you know, when my son hit puberty along with all his special needs, there was a lot of muck around that, that nobody would have understood. It can't sound bite it. You can't tweet it. Nobody would have gotten it. And it was nobody's business. It was something we were dealing with at the time. It's something that on the back end of it, after we've been through it, we can share what we pulled from it and how to help other people with it. But nobody wants to be dragged through your drama with you. It's not about that. We've seen authors do that and speakers do that and it has damaged them. It has damaged them. So being open means we accept that we're flawed. We accept that we struggle, but we don't necessarily have to post our mess in the middle of it. Let's get some lessons from it first. Yeah. Your mess is is not your message. I hear people say that. That's fine if you're on
0: the other side of it and you're teaching it, but yeah, don't, don't air out your dirty laundry. So energized, what keeps you energized? Well, I have
2: to say that energy is a choice. A lot of people are going to disagree with me. Energy is a choice. Joy is a choice.
0: Love is a choice.
2: And it's one reason orange is my signature color. It's a choice of how I want to feel when people see me I don't want them to see orange skin. We've seen that. It doesn't work well for anyone. But this is my insight on the outside. Joy is a choice. Yes, I deal with mess. Guys, you would have no comprehension of how much mess and trial and trouble. My life is not perfect. It just means I choose joy regardless. I choose joy. I choose energy. I choose to be upbeat. Do I have down times? Absolutely. As someone who struggles with mental health in my family, someone who struggles with chemical imbalances, as a woman who's (laughs) hitting some hormonal road bumps, you know what? Can I just say in my house, we have somebody. Can I get a witness? Who is pre cycle, right? We still have pre cycle at the house. We have mid cycle at the house. And now we have like end of cycle at the house. We cover all of it at our house. Can we just cut a break? At what point in our life do we just have this? Is there ever a baseline? No, I can't. I don't think that, you know, And so do I deal with that? Yes. But that's where it goes back to knowing yourself too. I know what time of day that I hit some of this. I know what time of month that I have to be aware. I know how to fuel myself and when to go close the door to my room and when to sleep it off and when to, not deal with people. Yesterday I spoke. And then everybody wanted to go out afterwards. And they said, what are you doing tonight? I said, nothing with any other humans. And I smiled and I wasn't offensive. Nothing with any other humans. I need to know. You have to dial it back so that you have the energy to get back
0: out there. And I know that whatever it is that helps you in that moment, we have a pretty candle behind us. She's got the Starbucks. We got everything. We got the Nespresso machine over there in the suite. We're in downtown Nashville. We have beautiful light here. I did
2: just tell her I had an orange car. I just sold my orange car. My car was this color why it makes me smile makes me happy to drive it it makes me happy to see it. it makes my kids smile when they see it coming you have to know what fuels your joy and can we talk about people that drain your joy or things that drain your joy time wasters time stealers soul suckers oh my gosh if social media leaves you unhappy or discontent put it away Put it away or put it in perspective. I took my kids off Pinterest. They were loving Pinterest for ideas and things. And here's what I found out. It was breeding discontent. We would have this great birthday party. And then then one of them would say, oh, but look at what this cake looked like. And and I would say, guys, uh -uh, look at what we had. They didn't mean for it to happen. They're very grateful kids, but it just happened. So I said, put it away. Either put it in perspective or put it away. These are full-time bloggers that are doing these things. Well, that's
0: part of your visual field. I mean, in life, you know, we have a visual field. We are bombarded and you know I say this bombarded 24 7 365 right it's too much too fast all the time out there and there's so much basis for comparison Amen. if I don't watch the news yep. I really just don't I cannot handle we are it. Like, I'm also mm-hmm. empathic I'm also very sensitive yep. and I can't handle that like yep. if something is going on if if a building's blowing up or to getting a
2: series going on my husband will let me know <laughs> and, and then, we might be married to the same man I have I have a lane to stay in and I'm right. not gonna let that infiltrate. My husband gives me a headline digest. He'll send me articles that he thinks will impact me at the moment. My dad, when there are big weather events, my dad will text me, baby girl, there's a tornado coming. I know you don't watch the news, blah, blah, blah. So I have some people looking out for me. Please don't fuss because they're men. They just happen to be men. It's not that I'm bowing to the patriarchy. It's just that I have to choose Because the minute I sit and watch the news, I see a story about foster kids that have been killed. Or I see a story about kids in cages or something. And because of the empath nature of me or shootings or whatever. And I can't be watching airlines crashing when I live on airplanes. I can't be watching terroristic things when I'm travel. I can't plant that fear. And the media guys, it's not an accurate picture of our world. First of all, I'm on Twitter a lot
0: and Twitter is just a lot of news and I just don't even want to be part of it. I put out good to Pot the world. Stirs. It is a, yes, it, it's a choice to put out good to the world. And that's what I
2: do with my energy. I want people when they walk away from me, to either have a positive experience or a neutral experience, not a negative experience. Yeah.
0: We've had that magic happen in this room today.
2: Yeah. Every time we get together. Yes, we do. Super fun. We can fun. feel
0: it. We can mm-hmm. feel it even just, I can feel it in text messages with you. I can feel it when we talk and looking forward to spending more time with you next March when we will get together. <laughs> and I want to thank you for being on Corporeneur today. You're one of my favorite Corporeneurs. Today's topic was about leadership, self-leadership, leading from the inside out. So Carrie, thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you for having me. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for listening. If you'd like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave me a rating and review. If you are ready to make your move to entrepreneurial freedom and success, Success. then take action now. Head over to my website, anarvizu.com and get our most requested free download. Your 10-step corporate to freedom checklist is a transformational self-assessment tool that will help you visualize and create a life and business you truly deserve. Until next time, stay centered, open, resilient, and energized.